0: All of the food we eat and much of the clothing we wear comes from plants and animals that are raised on farms. Farms are different in type, in size, and even in name. Welcome to Barn Talk. What happens at the barn stays in the barn, but not today. We're going to let it all out for you guys. Today is going to be a QA and a episode. The, the questions have been piling up across Instagram DM, our email, all that stuff. So we're going to we're gonna get into many, and answer as many of them as we can. If you guys ever want to get your question featured on the show, uh, submit it at barntalkshow at gmail.com. You can comment on our YouTube uh, channel, YouTube videos. You can submit them through Spotify. Uh, try to hit us in the DM. We're not... As consistent as seeing our questions on Instagram DM or Facebook Messenger, but if we can if we get to them, we'll we'll try to try to get your question. Um, feel free to pay the fee, guys. If you get any value from the show, uh, share it out with your friends, family, uh, co workers, employees, team members, whoever. We're trying to trying to grow this thing. The more you guys share the show, the better guests we can have on, the more content we create. It's kind of the ticket to admission to watch or listen to the show. Um, uh, feel free to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple. Thank you to everybody that's been doing that. We're up to 672 on Spotify and 283 on Apple. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Keep submitting those reviews, keep submitting those questions, keep paying that fee.
1: We're almost a legitimate enterprise. I know, we're getting
0: there slowly but
1: surely. You
0: know, I, I watched, I listened, or I looked at a statistic the other day. We have, I think, 52% of our audience listens on Apple. And 47% lists on Spotify, but Spotify users or listeners are kicking your, your Apple's Apple's ass as far well, as how many reviews they're putting in. I know it's because it's it's easier on Spotify just to rate, but you don't have to say anything. But, hey, Apple guys, I know there's more of you. Leave us a review so you can catch up to the Spotify guys on five-star reviews. Look at you. I know, I'm, I'm getting some competitive baiting them and instilling some competitive nature in them. nice i like it yeah i like it Just kick spotify's ass get up get up the get those numbers up on apple guys yeah uh we
1: like we need an executive assistant well <laughs> yeah probably it'd be a good it's idea hard. like i don't even i forget about it and i like today i i got on tiktok and there's like all the i don't know if i've ever answered a message on tiktok yeah, have that's you ever kind of answered a, a message? well. It's
0: a new feature. They they rolled it out a couple of months ago, and most of them are kind of spam. So it's most
1: well, and most of the ones that are legit are just like, hey, hey thumbs, thumbs up. up. But there was there was a couple of legit questions on there, and I didn't even see. I didn't even look to see when they left them. I'm glad they just started it because I'm like, how have I not seen this before? Yeah, but it's hard. Like when you think, okay, I'm going to go check messages, and. If you go down the rabbit hole that you check comments on this will do or on on YouTube and then you're like, well, I'm going to check Instagram. And I don't even try to check the comments on Facebook because I can't even keep straight like what videos are out there. And I just I'm like, it's well, too it's,
0: hard. It's hard. to It's hard to answer comments, answer DMs. Yeah. Across everything. It's really, really hard. The best place to to reach us guys is comments on YouTube and email, barntalkshow at gmail.com. It's those are the two places that you can really get a hold of us and we'll probably be able to reply to you because it's just hard to answer questions on TikTok and answer comments and all that stuff. We just can't do it all. That's why, yeah, we need a we need like a community. We need like a community director yeah. to help us answer some of these comments because if we could, we would answer everybody's. We appreciate everybody getting to us, but we got to get all the stuff done too at the same time. Can't be on our phones all day. So
1: it's I'm amazed. Tough. I am. I'm amazed at the investment opportunities there are in uh, Bali, 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 Bali. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get a lot of guys from Bali.
0: They're like, yeah, that wants. Sir, I want to
1: invest. invest. They want us to invest yeah. in a pig
0: in a piggery. Yeah, Bali. And then you tell them how much it is, and I I never get that
1: far. Yeah, cause I'm like if I'm going to Bali,
0: yeah, I ain't gonna go I, over there to take care of pigs. Yeah, I'm trying to get away from pigs, not <laughs> not take on more. I get that. Yeah, but yeah, we appreciate it, guys. Thanks, thanks for reaching out. We're we will try our best to get back to you, no matter where, where you reach out at. But it's just tough sometimes to get to everybody. So Barn
1: Talk Show is the is by far the best.
0: Yep, we check that at
1: gmail.com. Really. Yep.
0: You got a hot market update for us today? I do
1: have the market update, hot off the press, courtesy of Cass Grain in Washington, Iowa. Um, market's down a little bit. I just got the close. Um, but still, they've been on a pretty good run lately. So corn locally, 671 is the best, best bid I could find. And I think last time I looked, it was 650. Uh, and this is, what would this be? May corn probably going off of that month uh beans 1481 in burlington 1502 across the river and 1477 on the board wheat 704 hog 7675 and i've i have been proven way wrong on the hog market because i think i've been telling y'all since what december that oh man you wait till you wait till spring these pigs are these pigs are going to be high priced and uh, they're not. I don't know how the hog. What the hell is. torque? Well, I don't know. We just What's talked going about on? last last episode. We talked about there's a hundred dollar difference per head between what pigs are bringing in, say, Spain in Europe versus the United States.
0: I thought you had like a crystal ball at home that you're always playing around with, or maybe well, that's just your own balls. I, I got know.
1: all kinds of things I play around with, but <laughs> none of them have given me the ability to see the future. Very well. oh, dang! So dang it. Uh, I don't know. It's crazy, but the, the hog guys are crying because these prices coupled with, with grain prices, it's not, uh, it's not good. It's really not good. Cattle, 165. Um, and the whole market, as far as the grains go, we pretty much are in this transition where now we've gone from worrying about what South America's crop's going to be to uh, planting here. So last week, corn bounced a couple days because it was wet down in the Delta, uh, down in southern part of the United States. Uh, So everybody was speculating that, you know, uh, they weren't going to get the crop in in a timely manner, but it turned warmer and drier there. So now then that's backing up. And then I think the next ending stocks report comes out maybe tomorrow. And so if there's less of anything than what we thought, markets are going to be up. If it's what they thought it was or more than what they thought it was, probably going to go down. But we're pretty much trading on on new crop now, so we'll see I'm, where that goes. I'm glad. So
0: we got a storm coming tomorrow, supposedly. It's going to hit the Midwest, specifically Iowa, uh, Missouri. Uh, I can't remember all the states, but it's supposed to be derecho 2.0. So I'm glad this year, cross my fingers, there's not another one this year, but we don't have the crop in the ground yeah. before this storm hits because there's supposed to be some – Really shitty hail, high winds, so stay safe out there. You're going to probably hear this a week from now, yep, from when it actually happens, but tomorrow is supposed to be the big day, so
1: batting down the hatches
0: and hope, hope everybody stays safe. Just wanted to throw that out
1: there. Cat messaged everybody and said, hey, make sure that you get your cars inside because it's supposed to be terrible tomorrow. And I was like, I'm parking the Tahoe in the middle of the driveway trying to get some insurance scheming going. Hope it takes it. Well hope now it takes you're, it like three counties away.
0: Let's hope your insurance guy ain't listening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's an act of God. I can't yeah, do anything can't. about that.
0: That's that's Mother Nature. That's
1: right. That's right. Anyway, progressing. Oil 7415. Gold nineteen ninety eight. Gold market has gotten a little strength as the money printing has gone back to running. Silver twenty one. Uh Bitcoin twenty eight thousand four hundred. I think it's off a little bit. Uh, as we speak, I checked it before I came over and it was back down right about 28, but it's, it's gotten a lot of strength lately, if you can imagine, as people are worrying about the dollar and about the banks and about everything else. Ethereum, 1778, Tesla, 197. So Tesla will probably have record sales. Well, no, they will have record sales for the first quarter in China over uh, a year ago and over what they sold in the fourth quarter. It looks like their production's ramping up, and I'm just saying this. I think that there is a good chance that by the end of 2023, the Tesla Model 3 will dethrone the uh, Toyota. Is it the Camry or the Corolla? I think it might be the the Corolla that is the best selling single best-selling car across the world. I think the Tesla Model 3 very well may dethrone that, which that would be that would be quite an undertaking if it happens, and hopefully the stock market will uh, reflect that. So that is the market update. That was hot. That
0: was some hot market update. I saw another uh, message on, I think I saw it on Facebook. I can't remember. I was looking today when we were looking for questions, and there was a guy that said, He's been following along since you started talking about Tesla and he's very happy that he actually purchased some. He's kind of a Tesla fan like you are and feels damn good about that where he's at right now. So
1: Well, I appreciate that. I hate for anybody to uh, go off of what I say without doing their own research. Well I don't yeah I don't think he I, I think he was already
0: kind of a fan then yeah. hearing your points, he's like, you know, I might not be crazy. Tesla That's
1: good because I get that feeling uh, sometimes. Once people that, look at I am. Yeah. But then I go back, you know, I, I just go back. And when I start thinking about everything that technology can achieve and make better in this world over the next few years, and I think about ways to invest in it, and I go through the list, and I start checking off the boxes, I get to the bottom, and all those things, pretty much all those things that I have written down, there's one company that... Is in all of them. Is driving all of that mm-hmm. Tesla. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I think I'll just buy some more Tesla. There you so, go. There you go. There you go. Uh, do I? Yeah, you go ahead and start. Okay, I'll start. So uh, we got a, this is a good question. Uh, this is from Three Limb Jim. And I he gave me permission to call him that. Uh, he's a listener from up north. And uh, he said he's seen in the YouTube video of us sorting and separating market hogs before we load them out. And his question is, how do you get away with mixing pigs without a lot of fighting and the pigs trying to kill each other when you're putting them together? He said, your genetics must be a lot calmer than mine. If I mix pigs the day before loading, I would uh, they would be a fight to the death. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: for those of you that don't know much about pigs, they are very territorial. And if you mix pigs at all, I mean, you can mix them when they're young because they're getting used to everything, like right, I'd say a week or two when they're in the barn, you can pull pigs and put them in a separate pen. They won't fight much. But when they get older and they've had their pecking order established and you put a pig that's not in that pen in another pen, he is going to get his ass whooped because that's just in their nature. So you try to avoid that. You avoid that altogether best you can. So uh, the only time, I know from the videos it looks like, hey, we, we do a lot of sorting, which we do, But we never sort pigs when they're market hogs. We never sort like two pens of pigs into another pen. Like we never mix pigs. We always are sorting pigs out of one pen into another pen. And so if they're not big enough to go to market, we'll put them in a separate pen. And then the ones that are fat, they stay in that pen and then we send them out. So the only time that we ever mix pigs is when we're transitioning from our Nursery stage to our feeder pig to finish stage. So because we're wean to finish, so we get nursery pigs in. Uh, we overstock the barn, and then two months in, we'll take those overstocks out, open up the pens for four pens running together, and that's where you got to have to mix pigs to make sure that the numbers come out right, right per pen. You know the pig space. But other than that, we really do not mix pigs at all. We we don't. Uh, I know from the videos we do a lot of sorting, but we don't mix pigs because. Obviously, we know that if you do, it's going to be a shit show. And I mean, you'll have your occasional pig during loadout that will try jump in the gate, or he will successfully jump the gate, and you just try to sort that pig out when you're done loading. But um, yeah, really, we don't we don't really do that because it's not the responsible thing to do. So
1: yeah, I think the I think the reason that people get that like think that is because we run those four pens together yeah. or five pens together, so. All of our buildings are set up to where an individual pen is like 33 pigs to a pen. But each pen, the gate, there's a, t- a nine foot six inch gate at the back that divides each pen on the other side of the feeder. And all of those gates are, you can swing them. And what we do is we open those up. When, we, when we're when we done with our uh, our overstocks, we open them up. So when we're sorting pigs, it looks like, you know, we're taking pigs out of, out of a pen and we're running somewhere else. But what we do is if we have five, say we have five pens, we'll either sort the lights out and then slide the pigs down and make, take five pens and make it into four or four pens and make it into three. And then the pigs that we sort out go in that empty pen. Yeah. But we never take pigs, like you said, like Sawyer said, we never take pigs from two of those big pens and mix them together. So, it's, it's, it's a magic trick. It, it is. looks like we're just, actually, it, it looks like we have no idea what we're doing, but actually there is a method to the to madness. madness. That's right. We're magicians out here.
0: Just making that's, it that's happen. That's right. We got all kinds making of tricks. Making something out of nothing. Yep. So yeah, don't ever mix pigs. Not a good idea. We, we try to avoid it best we can. Um,
1: and so, the genetics are all PIC. Yep. They're all PIC, PIC. genetics uh, with their Duroc boar. So yep. if doesn't matter what barn we're in. That's what we're running. Guilt's though are always
0: a pain more. I find guilts. I've worked with, in my experience work with pigs. Guilt's are kind of the biggest assholes. They, they're crazy. They're crazy and they're they're
1: moody and they they like to move how they want to move. So we could make we could make some generalizations <laughs> over that, but we're not going to because <laughs> we are smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Gary asks, what is wrong with your ceilings
0: in the hog barn? <laughs> What? Why are they sagging? Why do they look like that? We get this question across every platform we're on. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, email. Everybody always asks, why the hell do our ceilings look the way that they do in our barns?
1: Well, because we build them ourselves. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. Um, so all of the ceilings in our buildings are plastic. Um, they're PVC and... When, you, when you're building a hog shed, you have a choice. Um, back years ago, I would say up until the mid-90s, pretty much you had two choices. You could put a steel ceiling or you could put an aluminum ceiling in, and both of them had their—aluminum was more expensive, but it was considered uh, a rust-free ceiling— Though it wasn't because around your inlets or any place that you got condensation, aluminum will corrode. And the other problem with aluminum is it's very thin. They roll it just as thin as they can uh, to keep the cost down. But then, yeah, mid to late 90s, they came out with a product. Um, the first product that we sold, it was called AgTuff. It was actually made in Israel to start with, and now it's that market is taken over to where I'm sure it's made over here, and there's multiple companies that make it. But it is a uh, a PVC product, and um, it has the same. You can get it in about any corrugation you want. So what we used is I think that's nine inch on center ribs, so it matches up with what most people would call like machine shed steel. It's the same profile as that. And all the screws are stainless steel. And the reason they're sagged to it is because we are installing that. The trusses on a hog building are on four foot centers, not, not two foot, not 24 inches. We go 48 inches on center. And so between those trusses, when you blow in eight inches or 10 inches of insulation you get some sag in it and then the other thing that is causes it to look funny is if you put that product up and it's 50 degrees outside when it gets to be 90 degrees in the summer it expands quite a bit over the length of a 200 foot room so it gets more wavy and if you put it up say you managed to put it up and it was a decent day and it was 60 degrees well it won't get quite as wavy when it gets hot and when it's cold like when the building's down in the low 60s it'll be pretty straight but um people see it all the time and they just assume that like it's a steel ceiling and the trusses are sagging or some idiot didn't put any screws in it or whatever um but it's pvc and and won't rust um, the only downside to it is if you get somebody in there that's really aggressive with a power washer, you can blow a hole in it, and we've had that happen, but it's also very easy to fix in the fact that you can cut a, a four-foot chunk, pull the screws out of that section, put a piece right over what's there, and then screw it up, and you'll never know that uh, there was anything wrong with it, so that... That is the deal.
0: Yeah, I would say it's probably. I mean, it seems like it's the industry standard, though. I mean, any other barn that I go to, it it seems like PVC uh, ceilings kind of the it's kind of the standard. And yeah, I mean, there's a method to the madness for everything, and the ceiling that that there it does it. The ceiling's the same way, you know, stainless steel screws, and we just don't want that thing to rust. Yeah, when I life was, of the barn, less right, maintenance. It's all right. about less less maintenance, man
1: when I was selling barns, guys would always ask about it, you know, and I would just tell them straight up, if you are, if you are a meticulous person and you're anal retentive and you, you you need to be able to walk down the alley and look down there and have that ceiling straight as an arrow, then you should probably put aluminum. (laughs) (laughs) And, but if you can live with a little sag and, uh, you want to, you want to, those, the least amount of maintenance that you can do, then go PVC. The only thing I guess I would say that is become an issue that some people may not be using it is the fact that I've heard that in like SAL units, insurance is getting to be a really big deal because between snow collapsing some of these mammoth buildings and uh, units that have had fires. Uh, there are some insurance companies that I think, and I don't know about finishers, but I think in sal units, they're not allowing them to put the PVC ceiling in because if you did catch a barn on fire, that ceiling, it isn't so much that it it burns because from what I've seen, it really just kind of melts. There isn't much flame to it, but your insulation that's above that, if you're using treated cellulose... There's no fire stop there. So if you get a fire going, it's just going to go like mad. Mm-hmm. And so some some people may not be able to use that anymore just because of insurance reasons. So yeah. anyway. Knock, on wood. We don't Knock have, on wood. We don't have one of those. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you're up. Uh, I've, I'm behind. Uh Oh, this is a good question. This is a question that all of America wants to know, and I'm horrified to know the answer. Donna asked, when's the horse coming? <laughs> when are you going to get Cat that we, horse? we should have got Cat up here. Well, so the horse is kind of Cat's deal.
0: You know, everybody says, buy a horse, buy a horse. And I am not in the tax bracket yet to be able to just uh, go and buy a horse for my girlfriend. Uh, so it's going to be her deal, at least for the first one. So I think this summer – She's got the funds saved up. She wants to build some fence. It's so got to get the fence built first, and I think we're gonna work on that project this summer. We got to get the horse stalls built here on this uh, west side of the barn, and once we got that in and installed, then I think we can start talking about a horse. So I would say a year to three years probably is when we get a get a horse. She'd probably get pissed at that answer because she's like, we got to
1: speed that up.
0: But I think that. A year to three years, we'll probably have a horse around here and she'll be shooting some content with it and I'll feel like John Dutton when I learn to ride. I haven't, I don't know how to ride a horse, but I'm sure I can learn. Um, so yeah, it's a work in progress, but I think we're going to get started, uh, really start and get the infrastructure built out this, this summer when it warms up. So it's coming and the content will be shot and filmed all on This Will Do Farm, our other YouTube channel that you guys can check out. It's our farm channel. It's kind of us vlogging and everything. So that's where that all will be. Um, but you get that
1: horse and you'll never have to worry about getting into a, a high tax bracket cuz you'll be broke yep, all the time. Yeah, I know, right? Got a lot of write-offs, got to buy a lot of hay and yeah, it's going to be a
0: they're just going to be hay burners. That's what I hear. So Gotcha. But she's 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 got it. She's an independent woman. She can buy her horse. I'm looking so. forward to riding. Yeah. Me too. I, I, I am too. I time. you know, every you, you we make fun of we make fun of the idea of having a horse around here, but I mean, we're going to ride
1: it probably. I grew up, uh, we used to have, we used to have two quarter horses. Uh, we had a purebred Arabian, we had an Appaloosa, and then we had, at one point, we had eight mules. We had two, we had four pair. And my dad, uh, Sawyer's grandpa, he grew up farming with horses and he had a soft spot in his heart for them. And we, uh, I did too until I had the realization one summer when I was about ten years old that the reason that we were sweating our nuts off baling hay uh, was for all these horses, and that was when I was like, "I don't like horses near as much as I did." <laughs> Make it stop, Dad! Make it stop! Yeah, so, anyway. I don't blame you there. I
0: they're beautiful animals. I mean, they got they're. I'm sure it looks fun to ride a horse. I mean, and going on trail rides looks fun, but. I'm not going to take care of the horse. That's all cat. That's why I, that was the first thing I said to her. I said, it's fine. We're cool with you getting a horse. You want to, you want to pay for some of that stuff, pay for most of that stuff. I'll go for it. But you got to take care of it because I don't really want to take care of it.
1: That's my thing. I'm taking care of the pigs. She's helping out with that too. But yeah, you know, she's just doing that so that when you don't want to do any of the horse stuff, she's like, well, I've been helping with these yeah. pigs. That's right. Well, I'll just that's say, right. you don't have to help anymore. <laughs> you
0: just go get that horse chore and that's it. There you go. Even though she's great help, she does she a great job.
1: Good. But maybe she'll do both out of the kindness Not of her Not only is heart. she great help, Sawyer is so much nicer when she's around. Like when we load pigs and Cat helps us, he doesn't like throw his panel at me or try to hit me or throw me oh, down the man bin or whatever. anything like that. He's so polite. I'd say the same for you too. It could be true. She's the moderator. She is kind of the moderator. Yeah, That's because she keeps telling us if we yell at her, she's going to quit. She's
0: going to throw her panel down and walk out. So we got to be be gentle. We need her worse than she needs us. That's right. We got to be nice. That's right. Hey, real quick. We got to take a little break because I got to tell you something real important. If you guys aren't watching our This Will Do Farm YouTube channel, you're missing out. It's just like this, only shorter and on the farm. Definitely go check it out if you haven't subscribed yet. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Let us know you came from Barn Talk. And with that being said, let's get back into the podcast. All right. So, uh, Tony. Wait, I'm, I'm skipping. You're Gosh dang, you're we're ahead. not on our game today. Smith. Smith asked, what are your thoughts on the restrict act? Boy, you, better lay it, you better lay it down on what that even means. Yeah, I think... so
1: a lot of you probably haven't even heard of this because I did not know anything about it, um, and this question this question came to me um, on Twitter, and this just kind of popped up, really, I think, starting yesterday or, or two days ago. So when you see this a week from now, my guess is that a lot of you will have heard a lot more about it, but... Um, everybody knows that they drug the they drug the head honcho from TikTok onto Capitol Hill last week and made a fool of themselves. Oh, and he, and he kind of deserved it. He you got to be a little more prepared than that if you're gonna because you know you're gonna get those questions and it didn't act like. I mean, to me, it looked like he didn't. Well, I'm saying the fucking. People that were
0: asking him questions were asking him stupid questions.
1: Well, that's because you got a bunch of old men in there that don't I mean, know how
0: technology Literally, goes. one of the questions was Does TikTok access your home Wi Fi connection? Yeah. You see that one? Yeah.
1: No, and he's I
0: like, If they have the app open and their Wi Fi is turned on, yes, TikTok accesses the Wi Fi. Yeah. And they like, like, they acted like that was like a drop the mic kind of deal. Like, yeah. every app uses the Wi-Fi when the Wi-Fi is turned on, you dumbass.
1: Yeah. Just um, stupid. It That was a total, nobody is going to argue. So 150 million Mar- Americans, so roughly half the country, not quite half, but roughly half of the country is on TikTok. And I don't think there's any of them that will tell you that they don't realize that TikTok is owned by a Chinese company. And there's a good chance that their data is getting used, sold, whatever. And this whole, you know, dragging him up there, a lot of this was about getting sound bites and we should ban TikTok. And I don't think anybody's going to argue with you that your data is not safe using the TikTok platform. But the thing that nobody talked about, which this is what they should have talked about, is your data safe on any social media platform. No. And well, Yeah, I was going to who, s- who is the biggest miner of data in the United States? Uh, maybe not the biggest, but the one that nobody thinks about, uh, the US government. I mean, they're they're spending a shitload of money on AI to help spy on whoever they want to, whenever and wherever. Mm -hmm. And there is no data that TikTok is getting from you that Meta's not getting from you. Google. Twitter's getting from you. You name it. Well, I was going to
0: say, my thing with the whole TikTok ban is, you. well, one, I think... Mark Zuckerberg is lobbying hardcore to get TikTok banned because it's a threat. And he wants all these people to come back to Instagram and Facebook. I mean, I think that's what's really happening. And if you are a creator on Facebook, they had a really nice uh, monetization of some features on there that they're actually taking away now. And, you know, they're taking away bonuses for reels and they're taking bonuses away for videos. And, I think the reason that he's doing that is because he's realizing, I think he already knows that the, I think that he knows TikTok's going to get banned. So he feels like, oh, I don't have to pay these creators anymore to, to make reels on Facebook or Instagram. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to take this away because I know TikTok's going to get banned. And I don't need to pay them anymore. That's what, that's what people are saying. Well, I don't know if TikTok will get banned, but that's what people are saying. The other thing that I, I thought was so funny, it's to your point too, is like, yeah, all these other platforms are taking your data just like TikTok. They just want to highlight that TikTok's owned by a Chinese company. And I don't I don't agree with what China is doing, obviously. We are not very big fans of China on Barn Talk, But they're using that as the big headline. But don't kid yourself. If Mark Zuckerberg had the chance to sell off our data to China... For uh, the right price, he sure as fuck would probably. If he's not already, if he isn't already, so this idea that like these other companies are, you know,
1: clean as the they're wind clean the as snow. yeah,
0: it's bullshit. They would sell your date off if they aren't if they aren't already like it was nothing for the right price. And so Google, Facebook, Meta, yeah, uh, Twitter, all that shit, they're doing it. YouTube, they're all doing it, and it's scary. But I mean. I don't know. I just think it's yeah. I think it's funny. I think it's a. I think they're totally just going after TikTok, and I think the lobbying is unreal. I think I think Meta is really really trying to lobby against TikTok and get them banned. Yeah, that's the that's the fire behind it. I think.
1: Yeah, and I will say, as far as a national, we better not post
0: this on Facebook. On this podcast.
1: (laughs) So, as far as like a national security threat, I'm not. I'll be honest, I, I'm i not sure as to the quality of data that the Chinese are able to mine from TikTok. You know, me ranting about needing a Snickers bar or watching us load pigs. I mean, I don't know what they're getting as far as the quality of data that you can say that they're getting anything that is dangerous towards the United States, but it really doesn't matter. The point of all of this is to say that so you would think as fired up as all these senators were and congressmen were that oh man there would be a bill to ban TikTok. However there is not a ban a bill to ban TikTok. There is a there is a bill that has been put forward and the main co-sponsor is Lindsey Graham. And you know Lindsey Graham's got your best interest in mind, but the person that surprised me the most Chuck Grassley is one of the co-sponsors. Chuck Grassley is from our home state, and he's been in Congress longer than I think anybody now. Mm -hmm. And we elected him back again because... There was no other better option. There was nobody better, so you voted for Chuck. And now I wish I wouldn't have because if he can't figure out... Well, let me back up. So this, this bill that has been put forward... It's claimed to be bipartisan, but if you look at the list of people that are on it, uh, they're either they're either libs or uh, Republicans that are mm-hmm. not good for a whole lot. And I'm sorry, we can get into the whole Chuck Grassley thing, but I'm really disappointed that he's even listed on this bill. Anyway, uh, what it does is it does not ban TikTok specifically. It gives... The President of the United States, through the Commerce Department, the ability to, at the discretion of the, of the Office of the President, go after any entity that they deem to be a national security threat. And by that I mean social media companies, video game company, basically any media company, print, television, social media, video games, podcasts, whatever, and any electronic payments company, Binance, Coinbase, Kraken, you name it. Now, what that has to do with TikTok, I have no idea. And then the other thing that's very disturbing about this is... So it gives the president what? What power does
0: he have on those companies?
1: So basically you could shut down, like literally pull the plug. On any of those, if
0: it doesn't agree with what they if they... If
1: they deem it to be a threat to national security. They can shut it down. They can shut it down. And the other thing is, it says in there... Language in it, and go online. You can read it. The bill is up. Uh, Restrict Act is what it... What's the bill called? The Restrict Act. Restrict Act. Act. That's what it's called, the Restrict Act. Um, It has a line in there about past, present, and future banking transactions. So, in other words, what they can do is they could go in and say, oh, well, uh, YouTube... You can't send Barn Talk their payment this month. Not going to pay them. Because their, them their content
0: is a national security threat. Right. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. Well, I know. But yeah, it's a good but example. The other
1: thing is, what does it mean past? What does it mean past transactions? They can go,
0: they can go back so, and take money away from you. Well,
1: that's exactly right. From previous months. The language says past, present, and future. Um, they might have a different word for, maybe it says current past, current, and future transactions. And it, is, and it is not through an elected body. It is through the Commerce Department. And the Commerce Department, the people that run the Commerce Department and work there are not elected officials. They are appointed. They are not elected. And they would report to the office of the president, not through Congress. And anything that they do Language in the bill as it's written right now is not available through a Freedom of Information Act. So um, you can file, like if you want information about court cases or uh, a lot of things that the government does, different agencies do, you can file that question through what they call a Freedom of Information Act to request that information. So if you were banned, and you wanted to figure out why you were banned, because they don't have to give you a reason.
0: This act says that they don't have to go through that.
1: So even if you file a Freedom of Information, it this does not, this is not- uh, Associated with Accountable that. to it. Yeah. So pretty much-
0: Corrupt motherfuckers.
1: And here's, I'll tell you what, here's why I honestly have hope that this isn't gonna see the light of day. Because on Twitter, I saw somebody who was, is, they are extremely liberal. They are way down the rabbit hole of, uh... They're socialist. Every, all of that. And they were just going nuts about it, saying, this can't happen, because can you imagine what Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis would do to the L G B Q R X T movement C- community, yeah, community. Yeah. If they had this, because yeah. that's and they're and I will agree with them. Yeah, I don't agree with their politics, but 100% agree with them. You, it, it gives it, too much.
0: It gives way too much power to a president, right? Sit, sitting president, whether it's left or right.
1: So, if you have liberals out there that are thinking far enough ahead on this. They realize that, oh, yeah, when Joe Biden has this power, that's all fine and dandy. But if the pendulum ever turns, then they're going to be on the receiving end. And so and that gives me hope. That tells me that there is some common sense and some common ground. And I think we can all agree. We
0: don't want the president shutting down what we want to say, right. no matter what it is.
1: And anybody that speech. votes for this, anybody that votes for this should not have a job because they are not. This is not for the best of best interest of the citizenry of the United
0: States of America. It's absolutely not. So do you feel like they signed that because they didn't look enough into it? They're incompetent or they saw it and they said this is a good idea? What do you think?
1: I think it's a knee-jerk reaction. So one of the things, I I didn't make this phrase up, somebody did, I'm sure this is out of a book somewhere, but they say you should, uh, in politics, with political groups, never let a crisis go to waste. Well, that's what they're doing. So the TikTok thing is hot and heavy, so let's let's fix it. Let's fix it. Let us take care of it. You as citizens, you're really not smart enough to know what's right for you, but us, the political class, we know what's best for you. Don't worry about it. Just let us take care of it. And so they're taking this opportunity to say, we're going to keep Big Brother from doing anything bad. We're going to control all these media companies. And they evidently expect people to go, oh, okay, well, that sounds good, and not realize that you're just basically signing all your rights away. And as a congressman, I cannot believe anybody in the United States Congress would want to give up this much power to the executive branch. It makes absolutely no sense. And so to end this up, what really pisses me off among other things is I went to well first I'll give Chuck Grassley credit if you go to Chuck Grassley's Twitter account you can actually message him on Twitter. Joni Ernst you can't message she doesn't have it set up that you can message her. But you can Chuck Grassley which I'm sure he doesn't read them I'm some some I'm sure some staffer reads them and the message I sent him was basically that I was kind of embarrassed that he would sign on and be a co-sponsor of this bill, and I just said, "You're better than this, and the American people deserve better than this." And I'm sure he didn't read it. Fuck yeah, Torque. Well, but it's Tell true, him. and I told it's true I, though. It is. I messaged Joni Ernst too, and I'm going to get on the. You know, every every one of these congressmen and senators have a have a a website that you can go and leave messages. And I'm telling it each and every one of you, I don't know if this thing is going to make it out of committee or not. It's called the Restrict Act. But get on the horn, send your email. You know, National Corn Growers, I'm a member of the National Corn Growers, and one thing that they are really good at, and I don't always agree with their politics either, but anytime there is an issue uh, in front of Congress that has anything to do with corn as far as exports as far as regulation anything i mean they're on it they're they're emailing and texting every member they have and they have the link to their that person's congressman whatever state they're in and their senators and they have like a boilerplate and they're like send this and then put whatever you want to put with it you know make it your own send it well that somebody needs to be doing that on this because Every single one of us. And there's 150 million of you out there that are using TikTok. And I think it'd be great if if they can say to TikTok, you need to dis disown it, disinvest from it. We need to bring the servers to America and we need to get the Chinese out of owning it. I'm fine with that. If you can make that work, that's fine. But this is not the way to do it. No. This is 100% not the way to do it. mm And this is the kind of shit that goes on, and nobody talks about it. That was my point. I went to Chuck Grassley's Twitter thing; he's got all this stuff about what he's doing and what bills. Nothing about this.
0: Joni Ernst. What's being covered right now on the national news? What do they want to? What What do they throw in our face to distract us from a bill that could completely and utterly take away from our media rights as Americans?
1: School shooting. School shooting in Nashville. And, and isn't it funny that last week, what was it last week? And what does that issue do f-
0: to the country? Yeah, divide divides. us.
1: Because we can all agree, left or right,
0: that this restrict act is not good for the American people. But they don't want to talk about that. They'd rather throw something up on the news that's going to divide us and get us to fight. And hopefully we don't see it.
1: Last week it was Donald Trump.
0: Last week it was Donald Trump and that bill. What was that last bill about the digital currency that was get that was oh, the, going through in, the
1: inter or interstate commerce that's uh, going on too. That's still going, still on, not right?
0: being talked about. Mm-hmm. They want to. They just keep throwing shit to divide us and distract us from what's actually getting passed and trying to get passed in this country. And the thing that scares me the most about the restrict act is the term national security threat. What's that mean? Yeah. What does that mean to you guys? What's that mean to the U.S. government? What's that mean to that president? That 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 term is just, like, they need to have a whole definition on... Because, obviously, we, you know, us, when you hear national security threat, you think, okay, terrorist. this is a terrorist. If they're putting terrorist content out that's a terrorist, you know, obviously, yeah, that's a national security threat. But in today's society... We're so fucking soft now that well, you say they, the wrong thing, you could get called an I mean it's just crazy. You don't know what they're gonna what that definition is gonna be.
1: Well, you wanna know the example. So here's the example. This is how this is how that works. So the Patriot Act, this is like the Patriot Act on steroids, is what it is, pretty much. But when you say national security threat, okay, well, the the pushback on this is well it's only you know only if you're a if you're a foreign if if you're a foreign whatever foreign national or or you have foreign ties or something like that okay we put out a podcast and some group that is labeled a threat to national security comments on our podcast somebody else replies to their comment and then somebody else replies to that comment and then we reply to that comment because it's getting traction now then we're connected to a national security, a national threat. security threat so now we're probably not so now we're a problem that's how that's what a slippery slope that is i mean that's a hypothetical thing but that's exactly the same thing happened in the with the patriot act in the fact that one of the pushbacks on it was that you could label people, you know, a domestic terrorist that didn't have anything to do with it, and they said, "Oh no, no, no! This is, you know, this this wiretapping and all this. This is only for for foreign foreign nationals or people, you know, that are are uh, not not United States citizens. However, if you're a United States citizens and somehow some way you're on the same platform or within the same message thread, message thread as somebody that's a terrorist." Now you might we need to investigate you. We need all your calls, we, we need shouldn't, all your we should say message, we shouldn't say message thread,
0: comment section It's better. Yeah, you might be Cuz if you're in a message thread with a terrorist, that's <laughs> probably not a good thing. <laughs> no, that's but not. But if a you're good in thing. the comment section and you didn't know that that's a terrorist at the comment section, yeah, right. you're kind of that's now kind you're of bullshit just national security threat. And that's how that worked.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, so I this, mean, they had so much the, the definition is so vague. Yeah, right. That's the thing that scares me the most. That it's all to interpretation. Yeah. And when you have somebody that's looking for any possible threat, well, you got a pretty wide net.
0: Well, and so that's the thing. Like, I truly believe people will look at, some people will look at that bill and go, well, yeah, that makes sense. National security threat. Right. But if you've looked at how our government has reacted on situations in the past three to four years. uh <sighs> They, they, I don't trust that word in yeah. bills that they put in because what, I don't know how you guys are going to define that. If you put a clear definition on what that meant, I would feel better about the bill because yeah, obviously shutting down terrorist content, probably a good idea. Get that off the internet. But if it's a national security threat to go with your politics or whatever that is, that could, that could be bad. That could be bad.
1: So We've done a good job of uh, hijacking this Q&A and turning it into a hot topic. I know. I was thinking this should have been a hot topic. <laughs> the answer to that is... We don't uh, think very damn much about I it. I don't think much of Fuck it. Fuck that, and, Bill. Uh, everybody, do your research. Call your senator. Call your congressman and tell yeah. them kill this thing. because uh, Freedom
0: of speech is one of those things that we still got, and we can't lose it, man. Nope. I mean, you could say that we still have it. On some platforms, but others, it might not be as strong. But we still have it. And if this goes, uh, it could really have... I mean, the President of the United States could have control on a lot of shit. And we don't want to give Sleepy Joe
1: any more power than he already has. Uh, have you seen the video, Sleepy Joe's video, of his his handler, like his guy? I'm assuming it's a Secret Service guy, although the guy was kind of portly. As he's bringing him down the ramp. And, his, and it's a hot mic, and they somebody picked it up, and he's like, okay, down the ramp, Mr. President. We're going to go right here, and we're going to turn to the right, and these people are from the... He's basically telling him every last thing. He's like, go to the blue mark, Mr. President. Go to the blue mark, and we're going to we say hi to all these people, and I'm going to be right there beside, beside you, and I'll help you get started. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, they literally, like... They literally, like... I'm sorry. I just... <sighs> It's fucking over How can abuse. you literally, how can we,
0: like, it's just, It's. I think it's just become the new normal since he's been president, but it's just so not normal. It's My- so not how it's supposed to be. The idea that our fucking president is just, I, I literally think he's got something going on with his brain. Oh. I think he's just old and he's got either dementia or something. Like, I genuinely believe he is not in the right state of mind. My
1: 99-year-old father, before he passed away, had more cognizant, cognizant abilities. abilities than what Joe Biden has. Like I could I could take him to the doctor's office and I did not have to walk him in and say, Dad, now you're gonna go up there to the counter and that lady's gonna ask you for it. I didn't have to do that. I held the door for him and he walk in and go and do what he needed to do and I didn't need to stand there and tell him what to say. I mean literally I so I see that's something that's any of you out there that have an elderly parent that you are that you spend a lot of time with you look at Joe Biden and you know that walk that he has and the way he acts I'm not shitting you my father in in the at the very end of his life was more had more control of his faculties than Joe Biden does. And that is fucking scary. It is fucking scary. Right. That, I mean, there's no other way to say that. I, I mean, know. it's just, it's not right. And that wasn't a question. That's just a that's just well, an editorial that, statement that I'll give we you. We <laughs> anyway,
0: went on a detour. We went on a detour.
1: Let's get let's reel it back in. Yeah. Ryan asks, Any tips on negotiating a nursery contract and approaching neighbors about manure and basically just Tips of somebody that's getting into building a nursery that hasn't done that before.
0: Uh, I would say for a nursery contract, I know in our system we we do wean to finish, and that's kind of how our integrator does things. But there's a guys that do have a couple nurseries, and they got it kind of dicked because they're on a wean to finish contract, but they get paid for overstocks. So every single pig that they put in that barn, they get a two dollar two dollars a head. When it goes out. and it, When it goes out, and uh, they're getting paid a contract for wean to finish, and so they do six groups a year, and that's an extra, lot, $50,000? So or you get a, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's you're, that's way more money than uh, a regular wean to finish contract because those that overstock bonus is phenomenal. But I don't know what system you're going in. So if you can, if you can work out that deal, dude, try to get that deal. Try to get a wean to finish contract, grow some extra pigs, uh, overstock the barn six times a year. Take every single pig out, you'll get two bucks a pig, plus your wean to finish contract, you're gonna be making like 150000 dollars 160000 dollars a year, which that makes things pencil a lot better. A lot better. But I'm sure that's pretty rare to get. Yeah, I'm sure that's it very is. rare to get. I, and I think he's talking about building a dedicated. Yeah, I nursery. know. I uh I would say I don't know. I just it it really just depends on what they what the integrators needs are. I mean do they need Do they need nursery Do they need more uh, production in their wiener pigs They need more space for that because that's going to be the biggest thing for them Is and, and the hog market right now is not the greatest I don't know if people are trying to expand or not Because um, the thing is they got to be They got to be like what we had Rob Brenneman on the podcast and the way he did it is he build sow units he He build a sow unit get finishers or get nurseries get finishers and then when he had more guys that wanted to build more nurseries and finishers that's when he was like okay we got room to grow and go build another sow unit so if there's not a sow unit to fill your nursery then they're probably not gonna just give you a contract right off the bat but if you know you put some interest in there and there's enough guys that put interest in there that they're looking for a contract maybe they'll build another sow unit and then you can get some pigs but it just really depends on what integrator you're going for I mean it's it's all about needs but I don't know. That's more of a dad question. You handled all those contracts with when you were working where you worked previously. So, well, any tips there?
1: Yeah. So, as I think about this, I mean, nursery contracts are no different than wean finish. It's really what the traffic will bear. Um, so, if you are lucky enough that you are in a place that there is the need that they that they need the space, then you are in a better position. Than guys right now around our area I mean I'm just happy that they bring me pigs because it's like there's a lot of barns sitting empty. So the dynamic has kind of changed between like I would say there's some people that are in the boat that there's really isn't any any negotiation because there's more space than what's needed. So you're just lucky that somebody can so give, give you, you a contract. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're far enough down the road that you know you're going to build this shed and you guys have come to that agreement that they want it and you've got the place for it and you can do it. If I was doing nursery, one of the things that I would 100% want to talk about at least in those negotiations is one, how much time do I have between the time the last pig leaves in a group and the first pig comes off the truck. Are they giving me three business days? Are they giving me four business days? Are they giving me three business days? But if I if I dump on Friday morning, they want to bring pigs on Monday afternoon? Yeah, because
0: you got to turn around that barn. That's a good point. got to power wash it, get everything ready. there's
1: nothing worse than, you know, having them call you and... and I mean, there's what you can do and what you can't do. And on a nursery, when you're turning it that many times a year, I guess that's another thing I would want to know. How many times a year are you going to turn this barn? And I would want that in the contract. I would want to know what is the maximum number of times that you're going to turn this. Because your biggest cost is probably power washing and vaccinating. And vaccinating and LP gas. So there's a big difference between am I going to run six groups a year through here or am I going to run eight groups a year for me? So am I going to get these pigs and they're going to go out of my nursery at 60 pounds? Or am I going to get these pigs and then they're going to say, hey, we, we got to get fill these finishers and they're going to pull pigs that are weighing 35, 40 pounds and then turn around and say, hey, you got to get this wash in two days because we're tight on space. That's the kind of the time to have that conversation is not after the first group of pigs goes in the barn. The nope. time to have that conversation is before you build that barn. You want to know what is the maximum number of pigs that are going to go through here as far as turns, how much time am I going to have between groups to get it washed, and then I would put in there too, I would want to know, say you get in a situation where you are getting pigs from a salient unit, And it is absolutely decimated by some disease. And it is the 15th of January, and it's 10 below zero is the high during the day. And you got a 4,800 head nursery, and they're bringing you 500 pigs today, and then we're not weaning tomorrow because the pigs, the sow units in bad shape, and we might only fill you with 2400 pigs and you got to keep that thing at 85 degrees are they willing to help you out help you out on your on your utilities is there any negotiation on that and there probably isn't <laughs> i'm just telling you there probably isn't but if you're in a position where they need the space and you're and the barns in the right place and you've got the management Maybe there is negotiation there because if you can negotiate it that hey worst case scenario you can't bring me enough pigs to fill this barn completely and you expect me to keep it at a certain temperature, uh, I want some help on paying this LP gas bill because that can be a real mother trucker. So does it, is when you get when there's
0: nurseries out there do they usually get overstocked or they usually no. just no they don't. Nope. I was going to ask. Well, I mean, a little bit. You can ask him that too. I mean, I don't know if that if whoever you're trying to get a contract with, they might be they might have a system where they do overstocks. where they'll put more pigs in than the capacity of the nursery just because they're smaller. Um, I know that's different because it's kind of a finisher. Yeah. That's kind of a finisher thing. But who knows? Maybe you can get extra if you put extra pigs in there. Maybe you get two dollars a head or a dollar a head helps. It's a nice little bonus if you can work that out. So I just I just asked. doesn't hurt to ask. You never know. But, um, yeah, those are all really good points, way better points than I had. But you got a lot of experience. So <laughs>
1: Hey, I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more nursery building tip. And this actually is – I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't. So I sold a guy uh, a nursery west of Washington that uh, feeds for a different integrator down here. And, you know, I went in there and I had a a panel, a panelized building, which is really, really tight, you know, just had windows in it, no curtains, 4800 head, straight power ventilated barn, um, plastic flooring, dry feeders, I think cup waters in it. Um, But the way that building was designed, the panels, the panel sections, the, the, the building itself set right at the same level as the plastic flooring. In other words, they poured the pit and you had your, your sill plate and your sill plate is right at the same level as where the plastic flooring is going to lay. And he didn't want that. He wanted the concrete guy, he wanted us to adjust the height of the building so that the concrete guy poured a six inch lip a six inch footing on top or a six inch stem wall or maybe it was even taller than that but basically what it did was it kept that panelized building up off of floor level so that even though that's all sealed the chances of getting moisture up into that cavity and underneath your whiteboard and all that he wanted that up to keep it out all the crap and we ended up doing it and i thought that was a really uh i thought that was a really good idea some people don't like that because that concrete wall will sweat because obviously there's no thermal break um and i don't know if he put foam insulation around the outside of the building to keep that from happening but i think from a longevity standpoint that might be something to look at. Um, I know if I was building a nursery, I would think about doing that because that that interior wall is going to be have moisture against it all the time. So, anyway. Plastic mats, rubber mats. I don't think you'd have to have mats in a nursery, in a nursery. if it's plastic floor.
0: Yeah. And it's, that's the hard thing because we do wean to finish, but they're kind of in finishers, so it's we don't have a, a built we don't have a nursery built like a nursery i guess so it's hard for me to give you caretaking tips because you kind of ask just any outside the box thinking whether it be building or
1: you well, know taking take,
0: care of them i don't know i, I was thinking
1: mat feeding i was thinking i they might have mats because you should i mean i would think in a nursery you would want to do it just like we do you it, got brooder
0: that, heaters too or no huh? no brooder heaters or brooder heaters most of them are
1: heat lamps yeah. because it's hard to get a brooder heater that'll put out a small enough mm. we'll keep them clean, I
0: guess. Keep them clean.
1: I think you would want mats in there to mat-feed those pigs. Yeah, well,
0: that's what I think. I think mat-feeding great. I would say pull pigs. If you've never been in a nursery or worked with weaned pigs, man, pull pigs when they're falling back because it just helps everybody. helps the fallback pig, helps everybody else in that pen so that they don't get sick or get, get an ailment from the fallback pig. And just keep up on your treating, you know. That's the biggest thing, I guess. And I don't know if you want to do your own vaccinating or not, but just know vaccinating's a backbreaker. So wear a freaking back strap or something, or wear a belt and get a bifold panel, make things a little bit easier when you're vaccinating. Or you, you can run them down the alley
1: and shoot them with both hands. If you're Sawyer's height, yeah, <laughs> uh, doing a nursery might not be the best thing for you. Yeah you're not really built for, I think if you're, if you're five, six and seven eights like me or five, seven or whatever I am, I think I'm getting shorter as I get older. I don't know, but I'm a lot better at, uh, dealing with wiener pigs and Sawyer is because if you're six foot tall or taller, it's a long ways to go to get a pig and there's a lot of pigs to go get. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. Yeah. But well, that's
0: all I that's all I can really think about outside the box thinking. Um, I could tell you a lot more if it was weaned if, if you had a if you had a finisher that you were doing wean to finish, but just nursery, I just don't have a lot of experience with that, and I, I just don't.
1: What about manure?
0: Oh man, I guess that just depends on the farmer. I guess if the if you know that that farmer has you know hog barns and he's or he has he has hog barns and he's got some extra manure and nobody else is using it, and you can't apply more manure to his field, I guess I would just say make it easy for him. Uh, make sure you got good equipment that you can haul it. Uh, make sure that you – I don't know. You just got to do the little things right. Like, I'm just thinking if, if somebody wanted to grab manure out of our barn, like, what do they do? Well, they're efficient. They're running all day. They make the best use of their time. They're not here for three days running tractors on a farm. It's one day or two days they're here, and they're efficient. Uh, they're nice. They don't make a huge mess. Uh, they don't, they don't blow up the building. That's also good. They don't blow up the building. Don't, don't do a shitty job. Um, and what they pay for the hauling. They don't pay for the manure. They just pay for the hauling, um, of the manure. So you don't, that's how we do it around here. Cause there's just so many guys, the manure, I don't know what it's like in your situation, but I don't know. I would just say, if the guy, if the farmer is kind of anal about everything being clean, just try to try not to leave a mess. Um, try to... If it's close, that's the other thing. If it's closer, he might be more inclined to do it. Because uh, if it's just, like I said, I think if it takes a, a long time for you to get the manure out, it's a bigger bitch on his part because he's got to constantly go in that barn and check and make sure that those pigs are staying alive and there's enough air moving through there, you know. Because it's, it's a job for him, too, to make sure that that barn's got the right ventilation going, right? And the longer somebody's pumping manure out of the barn, the bigger risk that you have of something happen, happening. So that's just something to keep in mind, I, I think guess.
1: his I think I got the feeling his question was that he wants to build a nursery, but he doesn't have any ground for the manure to go. Oh, And he's trying, like, how do you approach a neighbor about taking manure that may not have ever doesn't have manure you know like how do you sell it oh man how do you sell it and my answer to that is today (laughs) i i don't know is there anybody out there that doesn't
0: believe in manure
1: well i'm sure there is but i think today it's pretty pretty if you're if you're trying to get somebody to do it just look at commercial fertilizer versus manure and manure is a way better value today and it's, and it's a higher quality. I would talk about, if, if you've got a guy that will actually talk to you about it, I think what it comes down to is the value of manure and the quality of manure as fertilizer versus commercial fertilizer. I think it's pretty well been proven I out. Mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think you'll out. have a problem getting rid of that manure.
0: If there's a lot of grain farmers around your area... And you say, I got some manure, I got this much manure, you want it? And they're gonna, they they just pay for the cost of hauling. You don't have to pay, they don't pay you anything for it. You make it easy for them and they make it easy for you. I don't think you'll have a hard time getting rid of it all. I mean, in our, where we're at, when you say manure, people want it. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of people that want manure.
1: There's people here that will actually put it on semis and haul it and haul it a distance. Like there's, there's a farmer not far from us that, they haul manure 10, they tank it 10 miles yeah. from where, from the building to where it goes on the field. They're hauling it in tankers and then they're loading it, they're top loading it into, into um, manure tanks and putting it on the field. But the other thing is, maybe you're thinking that somebody will pay for that manure and that is one of those deals that it really depends on where you are because if you're in an area where there's some large grain farmers. Well, they don't even have to be large. But if, you, if you're dealing with a grain farmer that's had manure on part of his ground and knows the value, he very well may pay you something for it above the cost of hauling. However, like where we're at, there's plenty of people that know the value of it. But because it's a plentiful resource you we, don't really have the ability to get people to take it and buy it that pay more than what the cost of hauling is. So yeah. uh, uh, and I would
0: say if you really got to sell yourself something that we're figuring out with uh, my barn, uh, the nutrient value out of my barn is of the manure is so much better because we don't have as much water running the pit cause we don't have water cups in my barn. And so wet dry feeders wet dry feeders is what we got we don't have any water cups we got wet dry breamers. and so i don't know i don't know if that if you can somehow say hey i don't got much water in my pit the nutrient value is pretty fucking awesome and that's that could be a plus too so
1: which on a nursery if you can do if you could do a wet i don't know if guys do wet dry yeah that's feeders what i was wondering
0: too but i I think
1: they do just do a nipple bar and then a wet-dry feeder. Yeah, and then... that's, that's what I, I mean.
0: I've seen, we've seen, I've had it for two and a half years now, and the last, when we put manure on this fall, it was crushing it. The, the value of it was crushing it. So, I would just say it's that. About,
1: it was about, it I, was about I can't remember. 15 pounds better, between 15 and 20 pounds per 1,000 gallons better nitrogen yeah, then out of his wet dries because it was almost a hundred pounds on on forty five, forty six hundred gallons. It was almost a hundred pounds more nitrogen out of your barn than out of mine. Mm-hmm. So it's a
0: it's good. It's a big We've deal. we with what we've got and what we've seen, wet dries make a difference in yep. so, as far as your manure quality. So, but they will get plugged from time to So just keep that in mind if you put them in there. You're going to have to probably get the gate rod out and. Get in that get in that uh, tray a little bit. So yeah, I guess everything that I said about because yeah, I think you're right. That question was definitely asked on how he could get rid of his manure, not get manure. Everything that I said, uh, kind of do the opposite because you're going to be the the guy that's in the barn monitoring the pig. So make sure that those guys are doing an efficient job and they're not there for three freaking days or four days and making it a pain in the ass for you to go over there and check the ventilation on your pigs all the time because that that gets kind of annoying and it's it's you're kind of you're just kind of on edge because you're like all right when are they going to get done because i don't want these pigs to suffocate or anything or gas to come up or anything so
1: but one thing you did say that definitely applies to you is when you build this nursery build it with the idea that it's easy to get in and get out with a feed truck, a hog truck, and a manure tanker. Yes. If you can build a circle drive, all the better. If you can put a if you can't do a circle drive and you can put an 80-foot culvert in the ditch and make it really wide coming in, if you can hold that building off the off the road a little bit to where people don't have to back in off the road, which in a lot of places is illegal now to do, but like for us when we when we're pumping manure, now we dragline all of ours so it's not a big deal but when we were giving away manure, you know they were coming in with tanks. It was so nice because um, two of our three sites have basically a circle drive so the flow of traffic it just works really good. So when mm-hmm. you when you're laying out a barn, This is one of the things that pissed me off when I had people that would build barns. Just don't be a freaking tight ass when it comes down to gravel and a driveway. I mean, you spent a million dollars, you know, back then you spent three quarters of a million, but today you spent a million dollars on this building. And then you put the damn thing too close to the road, or you didn't put in a big enough driveway, or oh, boy, I don't want to spend any more money on gravel. It's I just going to cause you problems, Yeah, you man. just, you, you buy a cattle, you build a Cadillac barn, and then you just fuck yourself because you fight it. And if you've got, like, if it's too close to the road or the driveway's not right or the bins aren't laid out right, you're going to fight that the rest of your life. So just make it, just spend a little time and like plan that out. Plan that out. And like what a lot of, what a lot of integrators will do or whoever you're feeding pigs for or if you're feeding yourself, when you're getting ready to do this thing and the culvert's in, get your semi or have whoever's, have somebody that's hauling hogs say, hey, pull in here and I'll show you where the building's going to be. Pull in, and see what it takes for you to back up to hit the shoot, Because then you know. Then you know mm-hmm. where it ought to be. You know mm-hmm. whether you got it far enough. If I had a nickel for every guy that's like, oh, yeah, now these bins are fine right here. They won't have any trouble hitting that. And then you get in there, and it's a cluster because they can't get turned around. They're getting stuck. The noses of their truck's out in the field. It's in the ditch. It's in the ditch. Yeah. It's like, well, nope. apparently that wasn't right. So... Just think about all that stuff.
0: So, uh, you got room for one more? Uh, can you make it? I'm feeling it. You're feeling it? Okay, this is kind of a big one. I mean, try to try to be concise. Sh- be concise best you can, like you're doing a hot market update. Hey, this is a pretty good
1: podcast, isn't it? If you made it this far, you must think it's pretty good. I got a favor to ask you. Please, if you like the show leave us a review on Spotify or Apple. Now, let's get back to it. So,
0: I mean, give them give them some knowledge here, give them some value, but we're at a, we're at an hour 13, so okay. We don't want to we there don't want to yeah, we better get going. So, Tony asks, "My question is on farm subsidies. Why do we have them? If I would start a business and things didn't go well, the government probably wouldn't give me money to prop up my business. Why do farmers get subsidies?" If the crops are bad, doesn't crop insurance cover that? Not being anti-farmer at all, I'm just curious. You could do, we could do a whole episode about this. I think,
1: yeah, you could. So, uh, there is a multitude of things that go into what is a subsidy. Um, so, the United States government is one of the biggest players of the like carrot and the stick kind of thing because there are at its core and most of this i would say is kind of in the grain part like i don't think about the hog business as having there isn't much for subsidies in the hog business um but when you get to the grain side of things you know you're right in that crop insurance is there. But for a lot of people, like think about when we had the Iowa farmer on, crop insurance is subsidized by the government. In other words, part of the part of the price that you pay for crop insurance, that's not the actual full price. The the government subsidizes they kind of backstop it to help lower the rate, and the idea is they do that with the hope that more farmers use it so that if there is a problem, you're not going to have as many people take a huge loss and go bankrupt. That's the idea. And I guess you could take this all back. The whole idea of this, the, the whole subsidy thing, you can take that back to... I, I'd say you could take that back to World War II. So... At the end of World War II, Europe was starving because their entire economy was decimated. And this isn't the first time that happened because Europeans basically had a famine at the end of World War I because their farm economy collapsed. They didn't have enough food. They didn't have enough There wasn't enough for yields. They don't
0: seem to really fucking learn, do they?
1: No, they're having that problem right now, but we haven't got time to go into that Yeah, I'm just saying. I just wanted to throw that out there. So the United States government was very... They saw that, and kind of as a reaction to it, they knew... Basically, they wanted to make sure that we had a stable food supply in the United States. And... Through the depression and coming out of the depression as part of the New Deal and all that, there were all these programs, and I think that's when the I think that's when the uh, FSA office and the the conservation office I think that's when a lot of that stuff started. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but the idea was that they wanted to kind of backstop farmers so that the United States had. A dependable, stable food supply. Okay, so now you fast forward. Today, we're in this realm of, one, you have government bureaucracy. So you have programs, and you have departments, and they have so much money to spend. And if they don't spend that money, they lose that money. And you have these programs that get rolled into the farm bill because somebody sometime thought they were a good idea and nobody has a line item veto. So that crap just stays in there. But you also have... You have programs that get started because they want to incentivize a certain behavior. And I'll give you a perfect example for that. So here in Iowa... There is a program, I, I think this isn't just in Iowa, this is in a lot of farm states. But through the FSA office, they have incentivized people to put what they call buffer strips, which are grassed strips by any creek, river, uh, big gully, whatever, with the idea that that keeps, if you have erosion, if you have a heavy enough rain that it carries dirt out of your field and that dirt could have fertilizer in it rather than that dirt getting dumped right into the river it has to run through this filter strip of grass and the grass acts as a natural filter to where the sediment the fertilizer anything that comes off that field stays in that grass does not go in the river okay that just makes sense so you're like well that makes sense people should just do that Well, they probably should, but they don't necessarily do it because if you're renting farm ground and you're paying X number, hundred dollars an acre for it, you want every acre you can get. So the idea is the government stepped in and said, okay, we'll pay you a certain amount of money to incentivize you to add these conservation practices. So that's basically a subsidy. And then Uh, we'd like more cover crops. So there's a subsidy that you can get a percentage. You can get like a rebate on uh, cover crops that you plant. You can get a subsidy. You can get a kickback if you build a windbreak. You can get, I mean, there's a whole list of stuff, but I, I would say the biggest subsidy that farmers get is probably that... Offset to what the premium is In crop insurance And I'm not going to tell you That it's right or wrong Because I think that Over time a lot of these programs Have evolved A lot like a lot of social programs Programs have evolved Where It It's really hard to It's really hard to get it all sorted out And know what's important and what's not important Um, But Today, commodity prices are high, and very few farmers are using, like, the loan program or um, sealing grain or getting commodity loans or anything like that. Not many farmers are doing that because commodity prices are high. Now, if we go the other way, commodity prices get really low, well, then you can make the argument, okay, are we going to try to help farmers to keep... To keep a steady and reliable food supply. Well, I don't know if all those programs directly affect that or not, but that's the reason. I guess that's the reason why that's all there. And I'm, I we could debate about what's right and what's wrong, but um, that's the that's my that's my answer for today. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I
0: don't have a lot. I mean, you kind of hit it hit on all of that, but I mean, I don't know. He's talking about, you know, if I were to start a business, things didn't go well. The government probably wouldn't give me money to prop up my business. Right. But I mean, I I mean, most subsidies for farmers, you have to do something to to get get money. money. Right. I mean, you have to put up wind turbines, or you have to get buffer strips put in. I mean, you're not most of the time you're not doing nothing. You're not getting something for nothing.
1: Yeah, and I just say if you're if you're a poor enough farmer that you're going to go out of business, uh, if you're a poor enough farmer, a subsidy's not going to save it. Yeah, that's I I, don't feel like I don't
0: feel like they really save you. I I I don't feel like they save you out of a mess that you
1: created. I think it's more of it just like most of these subsidies are an incentive for a behavior that the government wants you to do yeah i i'd say with the exception of crop insurance because crop insurance is subsidized and i didn't explain that very well so for somebody like us which we're very blessed in the fact that we live where there's some of the best soil there is in the world right around us um and we have consistently very good yields and very consistent yields on our fields so for us crop insurance is a very reasonable product and the return that we get because our our average yield over the last five years or even our yield over the last 10 years is pretty consistent. You might get a bad year here and there, but really it's pretty consistent. So when I go to buy crop insurance, my premium for say 75% coverage, which would be 75% of my proved up yield it's not very, it's really not very expensive. And my guess is that the amount of subsidy that the government's paying on that is not very great. However, if you're somebody that lives where, or you farm where the ground is marginal, or you farm somewhere where you don't have a consistent yield, your proved up yield is not very good. So crop insurance doesn't really help you much. Because your average yield, which is what they use, that you can buy 50%, 75%, 80%, 95% of what your proved up yield is. But if your proved up yield is crap, then you're paying money and you basically have to have a complete failure to be able to cash in on that crop insurance. And then all you're doing is guaranteeing yourself a loss because the... The level of insurance is not enough to cover your cost. So crop insurance is a really, it's not an end-all, be-all. And it's it, not,
0: it doesn't work for every farmer out it there in America. Work for every farmer. Right. It's not available for every farmer out there in America. So this idea that every farmer gets saved by the government and they just get free handouts all the time is kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's it, not, it, I mean, not really it, true. It's bullshit. So... Yeah, but I appreciate the question yeah. I'm glad that he submitted it. And you guys continue to submit your questions at barntalkshow at gmail.com. But before we end this, I know we run long. Dad's got a few other words he's got to say because he just hasn't got enough out. So, right.
1: Two things. So, my golden nugget for you today is, I wish I would have came off this quote, but it's so true today in what we talked about is power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that bill that we talked about today is just an absolute invitation for absolute corruption. I mean it just is. And Seems like elect-
0: that's a trend.
1: It is. It continues absolutely. To happen. Our elected officials have too much power and they're incentivized to take more power. And it's we need to we need to put our foot down on that. And while i'm bagging on politicians i'm gonna say this uh on tiktok there's a guy and what's his name jeff jackson senator jeff jackson, jackson
0: senator jeff jackson from north carolina
1: and i i didn't know i will be honest he's a democrat i did not know that if you watched his tiktok and he's on tiktok if you watched his tiktoks you'd never know whether he was a republican or democrat um and I don't know his politics. I don't know, you know, somebody that lives in North Carolina might be, that oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but Whatever. But I will say this. What he's doing as far as getting the word out about what he, what is going on in the Congress, what he's working on, what is shared with him, how he talks to his constituents using TikTok, and so how every single one of them should be. That's right. He is setting letting a great the, example. He's letting and, the
0: American people know what's going on. Yeah.
1: and which I respect. Th- I respect that. That is the kind of representation that the American people uh, deserve. And so, we desire it. I mean,
0: we want that. We want that kind of shit. Um, yeah. And he follows our barn talk on TikTok, yeah, too. So that's pretty awesome. So
1: he does have good taste.
0: Yeah, he, he, he must... He must like we, what, what we got to say. Sometimes. Sounds like a sharp guy. Yeah, sounds like I've a never good guy. <laughs> yeah, sure he drinks good whiskey, too.
1: Oh, look at that tie-in. So, yeah. speaking of good whiskey, so, I don't know, a few weeks ago, we had a bottle uh Iron Root whiskey that Jay sent us from Kansas. Anyway, I got a box in the mail today, and look at this. Jay so got, is just... He's, he, he's hitting it out of the park. We got to send him some merch. I know. So, he sent me a bottle of... TX uh, whiskey, blended whiskey, and he said, this is a good mixer, <laughs> and uh, I intend to mix it. And what, Jay, if you're listening, uh, message us at barntalkshow at gmail.com and give me your best ranch water uh, recipe because I'm going to use this to make uh, ranch water. Yeah, he said the ranch water was pretty good with yep. that too. So The other one's high west, and I have had I have had high west. Wa- High West, I have not had this one. Um, We're shooting this this one a little early in the day, so we're not going to partake of the whiskey today. But the next whiskey tasting that we have, I'm going to have a batch of ranch water, and we're going to sample the High West. And uh, Jay is an awesome guy, as is all of you, because I'll tell you what, I say this all the time, uh, I love doing the podcast. Fucking
0: love doing this.
1: And we have the best... We have the best people that listen to this show. Uh, you, you're all awesome. Well, I just and, feel I feel as if these are like
0: our kind of people, just in the way that they think. Like the amount of the amount of messages we get of from people that just say, "Gosh, you guys, we have the same. We're thinking the same thing. We're, we think the same way, or we're we do similar things. Or you guys get it. You know how many people say that? That just makes me feel like we're really building a community of. Uh, like-minded people you know we're, we're all kind of thinking the same and we're, we're waking up to we don't take a lot of surface level shit we actually think things through and we're real American patriots I'd say we're American people we love this country and we're 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 just yeah, I love it I love it I love the amount of I love the kind of people that are getting attracted to watching or listening to the show and we really appreciate all you guys seriously Because I I love hearing from you guys.
1: We love hearing from you guys. It's awesome to see. It's good when you... I'm, I'm glad because when we first started this, I was like, man, people probably think that we're crazy because we all have these thoughts when we see things going on in our political system and our social, our lives, and we look at it and we go... You know, we have that conversation with our voice like, these fucking people are crazy. This is not right. This is whatever. And then you look around at everybody else and you're like... Are you thinking that? these people just crazy? Are they thinking this, or am I crazy? And I always go back to, I'm dating myself a little bit, but there's a great bit, George Carlin, uh, comedic genius, he has this bit, and he's like, have you ever noticed when you're out driving around that anybody that drives slower than you is an idiot, (laughs) and anybody that drives faster than you is a maniac? You're just driving along with your wife, and you're like, Jesus Christ, look at this fucking idiot. I got to get around. Whoa, look at that fucking maniac. <laughs> oh, what the hell is wrong with him? Well, that's kind of how life is. You know, you're only as crazy as the people you hang out with. And I, I am glad that we have all of you to hang out with. Yeah, so. I am
0: too. I, I really am. I, lo- I love it, and I love you guys. I appreciate all the support, and we're going to keep it rolling. We're trying to find some new guests to come on. We got somebody lined up that's going to talk a lot about grain marketing and what all goes into that. Uh, I think that's going to be our next guest, but uh, we're we're continually trying to find people to come come to the barn and get on an episode, but it's it's awfully tough when you live in, a, in southeast Iowa to get somebody to come down here, but... We've made it happen before, so we're going to keep trying. And eventually, maybe, maybe, maybe you guys, maybe we should ask you guys this. Do you feel like we should have Zoom capabilities for this podcast? Would you guys mind watching or listening to somebody that uh, comes in and gets interviewed over Zoom? Because we have mixed feelings about it. We feel like the barn is such a awesome place to do, uh, do an episode, do an interview. And we feel like it would kind of take away from it. But it's really up to you. I mean, it's a a big part of it's you guys too. So tell us what you think on that. Do you think we should do Zoom or do you you guys think we shouldn't? And maybe I'll ask that next episode too. But uh, anyway, guys, I hope you got some value. If you did, pay the fee, share it out, uh, leave a review, buy some merch if you want it, keep sending us us your questions, send us some more whiskey, whatever you want to do. And we'll see you back here next week for another episode.